0: All right, Brian, uh, we're going to transition now over to our Twitter mailbag. Before we do, I just want to say again, thank you so much to the new sponsor of our podcast, Boomer Jacks. Uh, Like we said, 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. Wall-to-wall TVs, live music. It is the perfect spot to stop down after a long, stressful week at work. It's the perfect Friday night spot uh, to just go unwind with some cheap drinks and and cheap food and, and just, you know, Enjoy a nice night with yeah. the family or the bros. It's great.
1: Yeah. Bobby, let me say this real quick before we get to the, those mailback questions. Yeah. If you're one of those folks that's listened to us out of town uh, yeah. or out, out outside the country, whatever, you come into Dallas, uh, you want to go find one of the Boomerjack locations. All the college football games are up on the screen. I mean, it's great. You can probably watch your team play and then turn around and be a part of uh, coming to the game with the, going to the, the stadium the next day. Maybe seeing Bobby and I, but Boomer Jacks. If you're if you're seriously into coming in town, getting something good to eat, watching college football on TV, Boomer Jacks has got you covered.
0: Absolutely. In fact, if you're coming from out of town and you stop at Boomer Jacks, uh, tweet it at me. I'll come. I'll come meet you for a drink, or at least Venmo you for one of them, since the drinks are so cheap. So yeah, there you go. Boomerjacks.com. Uh, Brian, the Twitter mailbag. We're going to jump into that now. First question here is from Garrett Jeffcoat. Do you think? That Tony Pollard or Cavante Turpin sees more snaps in the slot.
1: I'm going to say initially it's going to be Pollard initially, and then, but I think they're going to figure out ways to get Turpin more involved. I think that Kellen Moore st- uh, on uh, Wednesday, or was it uh, was it Monday? When was the day that he was talking about? I'm getting my days mixed up again but Kellen Moore was talking about how surprised he's been at his Turpin's ability to play wide receiver. So I think that was Monday. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, this will, this will be, uh, uh, but uh, I I do think that they want to get Pollard going. I really, really do. And then find other ways to get Turpin involved as well.
0: Yeah. I think that, there there is going to be a fair amount of snaps for Pollard in the slot before Michael Gallup comes back. Yeah. Um you know, once Michael Gallup comes back and I think things change up a little bit in terms of how comfortable they how comfortable they feel with guys on the outside, how much they want to kick CD Lamb inside, who's emerged as the primary number 3 option, maybe that changes things a little bit or maybe Tony Pollard emerges shows he's really good out there and they have a tough time taking him out of that position, but I agree. I think it is going to be Pollard at first, but Kevontae Turpin has done a really nice job of sort of forcing his way into reps on the offense, when initially that was not the plan. The Cowboys said it publicly.
1: No, no, absolutely. Uh, Returner first, receiver second, gadget space player third. I think he's still the gadget space player guy, but he did show he had the ability to go get the football. Heck, if in in that last preseason game, Cooper Rush, if he doesn't get hit in the back, uh, and the ball kind of goes out of his hand, they got Turpin on a touchdown out of a bunch of formation. It was a well-designed play to get him in space. So he's a small guy, not a huge catch radius. So you got to kind of be creative how you get him the ball underneath, around the line of scrimmage, and let him take advantage of that.
0: Question from Selvin Moreno here, a little bit along those same lines of a receiver question. What do you see the Cowboys wide receiver snap percentage being versus Tampa Bay I think we talked about this on Monday. Uh, I think they'll play a lot of 12 personnel in this I game. Do I do too. I um, too. And so because of that, that obviously is you're running two receivers out there at a time. My guess, just my own feeling, I may be wrong about this. I think the only guys we see significantly over the 50% threshold for, at receiver are going to be Noah Brown and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. I think anybody else is either hovering around 50% or maybe a little bit below. Uh, Brian, wide receiver, 3 in this game, if it's not Pollard lined up in the slot, uh is there a receiver you think is more likely to get those snaps, whether it be Tolbert or Houston or somebody like that?
1: I kind of feel like that maybe I, I don't think we're gonna get the Tolbert one yet. Uh man, that's that's a I Simi Fahoko is a guy that to me you I feel like you could you could go with Simi right now and he would know where to line up and be completely and not short circuit. Tolbert, I worry a little bit about. I think you're going to have to get Tolbert a little bit more acclimated to what the speed of the game is going to be. I think Simi Fahoko uh, would be ready for that. Him, Brown, I'm not sold on Houston yet. Maybe Houston could prove me wrong. Uh, But right now, I I feel like if I had to go play with a guy, I'd put Simi Fahoko out there and let him go.
0: Would you agree with the sentiment, and I I set this up because there's a follow-up question here, obviously, but would you agree with the sentiment that Mike McCarthy is generally one of the more pro-player, pro-positive rhetoric about his players, coaches in the league? He's generally not calling out a lot of guys.
1: No, he's not. He's not Brian Kelly at LSU calling out his guys. But uh, Would you think
0: significant? then that when he was asked about the receivers last week, he did make a point to say Jalen Tolbert has been quote up and down. He has. Is that, is that man, a criticism for Mike McCarthy?
1: No, I mean, I, I think Mike's being honest and uh, for all the problems I have with Mike McCarthy, the one thing I do appreciate about him is he keeps the team healthy for the most part. And he's does a great job uh Answering questions, I think he does a really good job of answering questions. You ask Mike McCarthy the right question, you will get a good answer. I yeah. I really believe that. I don't think Mike McCarthy is lying to us. We can see it with our own eyes. You don't need yeah. to be former Super Bowl winning scout. Yeah. You just you can watch Jalen Tolbert play, and right. he is not as consistent as he needs to be. I, I that's, think that's why Simi Fajoco and Noah Brown and. And some of the others have gotten opportunities sure. because Tolbert Tobert hasn't been consistent. And coaches won't wait on you. They won't wait on you if you're not picking it up.
0: Here's here's and, and and just to to kind of clarify a little bit. You remember in 2020, he he had the line about fantasy football nonsense about yeah, playing. Yeah, Zach, that. Yeah. And and why did he say that? Because he was protecting Zach Martin, who didn't want right. to play out there. Uh, in training camp during one of the walk-offs this year. He was asked about Kelvin jo- – or, or about who – or the corners who impressed him, and he singled out Kelvin Joseph as having an impressive camp, which we all saw he was not. Yeah. Um, so, in general, he's he's been willing to protect players with his rhetoric. So, that's all I mean. It's not that he's making it up. I think we all agree Tolbert's been inconsistent. But is it significant that Mike McCarthy in a public setting was willing to kind of try and light that fire almost and say, hey, you've got to be better?
1: you got to be better. And – You know, he need to say the same thing about Kelvin Joseph, too. Yeah. You know, that 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 Kelvin Joseph needed to be better and he wasn't he wasn't better. You know, this is another another year gone by another training camp where Kelvin Joseph continues to have questions about himself. So I I just I, I that those are the kinds of things that I struggle with.
0: Question here from Chase. Do you think the Cowboys use the same offensive strategy as they did last year against the Bucs, using short, quick passes as runs instead of trying to slam against a wall?
1: Well, when they ran the ball on the edge, if you go back and watch the all 22, they had some success. I am not interested in trying to run for two and three yards inside, even though they might have to do it for some of the, if they're third and shorts and things like that, but, to me, this is going to be about maybe when you need to run, you pass. Maybe when you need to pass, you run and try and, and and work it that way. Uh play opposite of what they expect you to do. But I felt like that with Zeke and Pollard, there were a couple of times where the ball got to the edge and they were good to get around the edge. And I think you got a better group of blocking tight ends. I, I really, really do. And I feel like that. You know, you've got the guards that are capable of getting up in the second level and getting some push and getting those linebackers taken care of. Yeah. But but it's going to be important. I mean, you, to, to run on the edge, you've got to get those hats on linebackers. But the Cowboys were able to do that a couple of times last year and uh, had some pretty decent runs out of it.
0: Question from uh, one of our loyal listeners, Dean Julia what's the sweet spot for targets for CD lamb to feel like Kellen is properly featuring him as a number one receiver and doesn't matter from first half to second half numbers. Oh, when you go from the initial scripted plays to yeah. how is the game going and how are we involving him?
1: I don't, I don't, I mean, Dean, I'm sorry. I don't have a number for you. Like, Oh, it has to be 15 or it has to be 10 or it has to be three or whatever. As long as, I, I again watching the all twenty two in that game at that, at C D Lamb went through. There was an interception that was thrown by Dak Prescott when the ball was thrown in the middle of the field, and Ceedee really didn't go fight for it all that
0: well. That was on him. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean, he he really. I, gave, I, I,
0: I was told by somebody at the time there were some jitters there for Ceedee Lamb. Oh was, yeah, oh his, yeah. It was his first game in a full NFL stadium and oh, all yeah. right
1: football. Yeah. Oh no. Then he he but. At the end of that game, CD Lamb was making plays for you. So yeah. anytime you throw the ball, I can't give you the number, Dean, but I could give you this for uh, my my observation. When you throw him the football, I think it's a good thing. Because he's capable. That that end of that game, he got you in position where you could have won that football game. And but the holding calls killed you. So he played with jitters the first half. The second half, he was legitimately one of the better players on the field. So anytime you could target him, go for it. I don't care what that number is.
0: Last question here from Joe, and he's asking the question, why will the run defense be better this year than last? Uh, Brian, I don't know about you, but I think one of the more impressive players at camp was probably Quentin Bohanna, who's going to be a big part of that run-stopping Anthony Barr for, for being up there in age looked really good in some of his run pursuit. And, you know, the Cowboys internally felt like Leighton Vander has had probably the best camp of his career this year. And so those are all in encouraging factors. I think for this run defense,
1: I think a uh, Armstrong is actually a better run defender than what Randy Gregory was last year. So that I think will help you. I, I think the guys that are playing on that right side, uh, you, uh, you could talk about Sam Williams. I think Sam Williams is a very physical player yeah. against the run. Uh Bohanna's a mention. Uh you get Tristan Hill say he's playing that uh three. Uh, you get him up the field. He could be disruptive. He makes one of these uh Godecki the guard or something like that, whiff. And next thing you know, he's up the field. You got to get bodies to Leonard Fournette, by the way. You know, you gotta make not only do you got to make Leonard Fournette pick up blitzes, but you got to get bodies to him to tackle. So, yeah, I think run defense overall, I think the front seven, Vanderush, Barr, Parsons, Tank. Uh, I mean, they've got some guys up front that can tackle. Uh, it, in the secondary, you, know, you got Curse. But Curse, Curse is one
0: of the best tacklers in the Curse, NFL.
1: Curse missed three tackles last year. So, you got guys that can tackle, get bodies to the ball, finish the play.
0: That does it for us. We will be back with you again on Friday. Uh, I believe the padded practice is on Thursday, so we're going to have padded practice takeaways. We'll have heard from the quarterback and... Hopefully have a better idea of where some of the injuries are at, particularly Chris Godwin in Tampa. Um, I'm hoping we'll be able to, I haven't even reached out yet. So uh, maybe this will be uh, a little presumptuous, but we need to reach out to Brianna Dix, who yep. is covers the, the Bucks. Now Covers yeah. the Bucks. Hopefully she'll be able to join us and, and we'll talk some more about this. And again, thank you so much to Boomer Jacks, our, our new sponsor. Be sure to check them out at boomerjacks.com uh, for Brian Bratis, on Bobby belt. We will talk to you again on Friday.